Good morning. I'm Emily Reese, and I'm pleased to be speaking with Jill Mott. She's a sommelier from Henry and & Son, and today I think we're going to talk about your summer crush. Is that right, Jill? Yeah, yes, I am so smitten with this cocktail I'm going to talk about. Uh, just to not confuse it with Summer Crush, the beer from Castle Danger, which is also light and delicious. Um, <laughs> but I am I'm smitten with this cocktail slash tiki drink, uh, whatever you want to call it, and can't wait to tell everybody about it And if they're so inclined and thirsty. Good. So what is it? It's a pina colada, <laughs> if you can believe that. <laughs> and I know that right now listeners are like, Wow, we expected much more from Jill Mott. But wait, everyone, <laughs> just wait. The history is fascinating. The drink is even better, especially if you make it with great ingredients. I'll tell you all about it. Um, let's start at the beginning. It has to do with pirates, okay, which is great. <laughs> yes. Um, in, the, in the late 1700s, early 1800s, there was a pirate who, um, he was known as, his real name was Roberto Cofresi, and he became known as the, the, La, El Pirata, and he was like the Caribbean Robin Hood. He would, you know, while the, the British and the American and the Spanish were all um, really taking advantage and exploiting resources on the island of Puerto Rico, he was raiding a lot of these merchant ships coming from these countries, and then he was doling it out to the poor. And he was known for, and there are records of this uh, pirate, Cofresi, who he indulged in rum, pineapple juice, and coconut, supposedly, while he was at sea and often. Now, granted, is it exactly the pina colada we're drinking today? Hopefully not, because the majority of pina coladas out there are disgusting. But... Um, <laughs> But uh, until he was executed in the 1820s, he was drinking this kind of concoction of these three ingredients. Hmm. So fast forward to the 1950s, and you have this ingredient called Coco Lopez that's invented. And basically, it's like sweetened condensed milk, but that's coconut flavored. And it is a derivative of the coconut, so it's not like this super you know, industrial product or anything. Mm -hmm. But it's this amazing thing that can emulsify a pina colada. And so what I love, my ideal pina colada is, is, is thusly. I'll get, the, well, hold on, hold on. I'm fast forwarding too much through our history here. I'm getting right to the recipe. <laughs> and I haven't even gotten to the 60s when a gentleman by the name of Ramon Portas Mingo, he actually, there, there's, there are, were a couple bartenders that in the 50s and 60s made what we would consider a pina colada these days, but they didn't name it. And it was actually Portas Mingo who in 1963 said, this is my drink and it's called a pina colada. Okay. And so that's, you know, so the pina colada has been around now for a good, you know, 50, 60 years. So my, the recipe that I love to follow that makes it, you know, it's just sweet enough. It's thick. We're not pouring it over shaved ice because who needs that these days? We're taking two ounces of rum. And you can mix it up. I usually use a light rum, but sometimes I like to do like one ounce and one ounce of two different rums. So maybe like a Jamaican Navy strength rum to give it some kick with like a lighter, you know, a lighter rum of name your country, Barbados, uh, Jamaica, Cuba, what have you. So two ounces of rum. I like two ounces of a pineapple juice, you know, get a good quality pineapple juice that doesn't have any extra sugar added or um, you know, any 
any sort of uh, preservatives. So I think there's a, a producer called Knudsen that makes an organic pineapple juice. Dole is a good uh, option as well. And then um, I, there are recipes out there that call for like 1.5 ounces of this Coco Lopez, right? This cream of coconut. Mm -hmm. And I like a little less. I like to go dial back to about an ounce because it is so sweet. Throw that all in, I'll th put those all into a shaker put some ice in the shaker, give it a good shake. And I would say a good 15 to 20 seconds because straight away, if you were to taste it and you, and I would advise everyone to do so, you're going to, it's going to be sweet and it's going to be strong. So what you're going to do when you shake that is you're diluting it. So you're, you're kind of the sweetness is go, get just diminishing a little bit, but you're also lightening that strength of the cocktail or how it, how it tastes, you know, you're loosening it up a bit. And then I like to strain it serve it over, um, you know, like not big cubes. We're not having Negroni ice cubes from fancy schmancy cocktail bars <laughs> in our pina colada, but we don't want them, you know, too small either. So just like a medium, nice cube, throw, fill up a glass, pour that. And that right there makes a, a good, hefty, delicious pina colada. Garnish it with like a lime or, you know, maybe a pineapple wedge. Let's be honest. Who uses maraschino cherries anymore? Don't garnish with a maraschino cherry unless you're like in Vegas or something at a pool. <laughs> totally called for the pina colada. Who knew? It's so delicious. I've like had one every day this weekend, <laughs> which is probably why my run time is faster. Yes. You know, hey. Jill Mott talking about the pina colada. Anything else you want to add today? Every year on July 10th, Puerto Rico has a national day dedicated to the pina colada. And so we're, I'm late. I should have been mentioning this two, two weeks ago, um, but enjoy. It's a beautiful cocktail for this time of year. And it's fun to taste a cocktail that, you know, kind of has a bad name. It's actually just really, really delicious and perfect for this time of year. Jill Mott is a sommelier from Henry and Son. We'll talk with you in two weeks. Thanks so much. Thank you.